0: Welcome back to Smart Talk. It's another episode. Uh, this time around, we're going to talk about the CHL Top Prospects game, uh, which happened in Vancouver uh, last week. Um, and with me, I've got Austin Garrett and Ben Jordan. Um, guys, thank you for joining the podcast. What's And what's going on?
1: I'm doing all right. You know, I'm much better that we have Ben and not Jordan here. So I feel like this is going to be a much better, smoother <laughs> uh, podcast episode than normal. So uh, I'm real happy to have Ben here. Yeah,
2: thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. My first episode uh, should be a good one.
0: So, yeah, so looking back at the, uh, you know, so looking back at the CHL Top Prospects game, um, you know, I very much enjoyed, you know, Luca Pennelli, Uh You know, of course I have to, Uh, you know, mentioned Connor Bedard, you know, while Connor Bedard didn't get onto the score sheet, you know, he was still very, very impactful, um, alongside Zach Benson. Uh, you know, you had Tanner Mullendyke, who was doing great work in transition, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and doing a great job behind the net, you know, pinching up, um, you know, and, you know, and, and looking to pass to high danger areas, you know, Colin Zeemer played well, Matthew Catterford. Grayson Satchin, um, you know, Zach Benson, um, you know, there were just a lot of guys that play well. And, uh, and yeah, it was just a, a very, very exciting game. Um, uh, you know, it, you know, it was relatively close in, in scoring and, um, you know, and it, uh, yeah. And it was just a lot of fun to watch.
1: Um,
2: I mean, you just rattled off a ton of names. I've got, I've got a lot of the same names, but well, I'm sure we'll get into a ton of different guys. So just, um, like you, you know, I watched it live. I watched it back again yesterday. Actually, um, refined my notes a bit. But just in terms of guys that stood out for me, um, I'll keep it short. I'll throw two names out there. One guy, um, Luca Pinelli, like you mentioned, Josh. I thought, I thought he was great. Um, just his skill in small areas is so impressive and. His ability to kind of, you know, use deception and different tactics off of his speed. I think he creates a lot of, a lot of space for himself and a lot of opportunities. And then another guy, a little bit under the radar. I thought Oliver Bonk had a great, a great game. I mean, it seemed like every time he was out there, he made a great defensive play. You know, his reads all game were super fluid. Um, I thought he skated well. he was matched up against. The Bedard line, like you said, Josh, that Benson Bedard line was awesome. He was matched up against them virtually all game, even drew a penalty um on Bedard. You know, towards the end of the game, I think Bedard was getting a little frustrated. Um, but but those were two guys kind of for me that stood out. Obviously, a ton of other guys I liked, but those two for me.
1: I uh, I thought the the two that really kind of stood out to me on team Red, right, it was Grayson Satchin. I thought Grace Sachin was the MVP of the red team. I know Bedard and Benson were fantastic, but Sachin, that line of Sachin, Height, and Barkey was just, they were buzzing the entire night. Uh, Sachin, I mean, I thought he displayed all of his skill, all of his vision, uh, his motor. He There was multiple times he made great defensive plays. He pickpocketed Kaden Price from behind at the blue line and it fed it to Barkey for a high danger shot. Like, I thought he was amazing throughout the entire night. I mean, I think you also saw sachin's limitations in terms of his pace skating, um, but I also thought he mitigated a lot of that with his ability to make plays under pressure. Um, on Team White, my favorite player was Tanner Mullendijk, to be honest with you. I, uh, I know he's been kind of flying up and down uh, when we talk about where he should fit, um, but I thought he was very poised. Um, his transition game was fantastic. I thought he was very deceptive at the blue line. Um, his skating's always been a plus. We've never really questioned his skating here at Smart, but I thought... Um, just a very poised, very smart, his activation strategies. I was really impressed with as well. Um, so I came away. I mean, like, look, like the big names were their big names and uh, I think, uh, Ben, you touched on that as well. Um, and Josh as well. So. But like, in terms of players, that I think are in the late 1st, early 2nd, that kind of like, I thought really hurt or helped their stuff, uh, draft stock. I thought those 2 were the ones that stood out the most for me. And
0: before we continue onwards, you know, I I just want to know Colby Barlow because um, I didn't know Colby Barlow before, um, you know, when I was listing a bunch of players that, you know, that I, I thought played well at the CHL Top Prospects game. And, you know, I think in general, you know, smart, you know, when you look at the, um, you know, when you look at our, uh, you know, when, our, when you look at our preliminary rankings, you know, we were pretty low on Colby Barlow compared to the consensus. And... You know, with that said, I, you know, I think it's just more because, you know, he's not really creating the play. He's, um you know, he's doing a great job of, you know, of getting to the right spot in order to capitalize. And, you know, with that, you know, with that said, I, you know, I always value the players that, you know, are, um you know, that are really just taking charge of, you know, of play and you know and so that and, and so that devalues players that are you know that can be more of a passenger at, at times. but you know with that said, you know I very much like Colby Barlow in this game he you know he played to expectations um you know he got to those high danger areas you know and we saw him capitalize and um you know and I thought you know and I thought he played very very well, you know as long as you were playing to, you know, the expectations that, you know, that, you know, we have for you over, you know, over the course of the year, you know, based, you know, based on what we've seen, you know, that's, you know, that's great. I mean, you know, there are so many complexities about playing in the CHL top prospects game, you know, you know, you don't have, you know, the same kind is the same kind of chemistry, you know, as you would in, you know, in regular CHL gameplay. And so. You know and on top of that you know some guys are taking on a different role and you know with that said, Colby Barlow you know showed up and played exactly what we've seen out of him and you know and 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 hats off to Colby because you know he he you know he had a very very um you know good c h l top prospect c h l top prospects game
2: yeah no um i I totally agree i mean I think he's got two qualities in his game that really stand out to me. One is his shot and two is just his ability to get to the interior. And I think that a lot of that, I mean, they were even talking about it on the broadcast. He's garnered the nickname of the man child, right? Um, I mean, for him playing in the CHL right now, it's not that difficult for him to get into the, you know, high danger chances in the middle of the ice, just purely based on his size. Um and obviously he's got a great shot, but when I when I watch him, he's got no real wowing skill. I'm never, you know, coming away from it super impressed with his skating. I'm never coming away from viewing super impressed with, um, you know, the way he sees the ice and distributes the puck. And one thing that I've noticed, I've watched a lot of Barlow this year, and his highs are really high and his lows seem to be really low. And he, he catches both those waves, so he'll have... He'll have a week where, you know, he's just kind of missing and he's a passenger on almost every shift. And then he'll have a week where I'm like, wow, there's what people see that top 10 Kobe Barlow. So uh, for, for me,
1: it's been consistency. That's been one of the the bigger issues for him. You know, it's, it kind of goes back to what both of you kind of say, is that if he's not the one driving the entire play through the neutral zone or, or, or that, it's really kind of how many puck touches can he get in the offensive zone to, to where you notice him, you know? Um, a similar player like that I saw in Team Red like that was like Matthew catiford Like, <clears throat> Matt catiford had that sweet backhand shot to start the game when Mayatovich kind of stripped him, fed him out front, he scored, <laughs> scored from almost an impossible angle out of backhand. And you know, he made some plays the rest of the game, but it's just kinda like you're waiting for someone to feed Cataford the whole time. So, you know, when Barlow's when Barlow's cooking, he's the F one drilling kids in the in the off- offensive zone, uh being fed pucks where he needs to shoot the puck. But like when the game's not the game doesn't flow the way he needs it to flow, it's kind of like that's where I think, Ben to your point, it's you kind of be like, Where I need you to step up somewhere in here.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and then um I, I so, and I know Ben you talked about bonk for a bit, and you know, and i I feel like there were shifts of bonk that I liked, and then there were shifts of bonk where I was kind of indifferent on, and um, I remember early on in like the first period it was um, I think it was I think it was around like the eight minute mark where he where he just made a read that I didn't. You know, that, you know, that I didn't think was uh, ideal because I think he, so I think he, at the time he had multiple teammates that were open, um, you know, and he would, you know, and he would have to use his reach a little bit in order to, you know, in order to complete the pass, um, you know, in order to get the puck around pressure, but, um, you know, but, you know, but instead of doing that, he just kind of heaved the puck to the corner and, You know, and no one, you know, and no one was really in an earshot. And so, I don't know. It's just like, you know, like, like there were a couple, there were a couple reads like that where I saw it and I was just like, I don't know. That would not have been the ideal route that I, that I, that I would have taken, but, but defensively he was, you know, I mean, he was pretty good. Um, And I like, and um, you know, and I, you know, and some of like the other defensemen that I, I mean, that I did, that I did like that. I'm also a little bit lower on, uh, you know, from a consensus point of view, is um Hunter Bruce Tashevitz, and um you know, and all in all, you know, I think you know, and all in all, I think he had a a really solid game. I mean, he, I mean, he was good on the back check, um you know there were uh you know that there was a shift i think early on where he um i'm sorry where he had to where he had to pivot out of i think it was a two on one trap in the corner um you know and then you know and and then was able to complete an uh, no was able to complete an uh, outlet feed and um yeah i mean like i yeah i mean like i i mean like i enjoy what i saw out of him i still think i'm a little bit you know, lower, you know, lower on him than where, you know, than where the consensus is probably going to end up, but you know, but I was, but I, I was very content with him as well. I mean, he, I mean, he, he certainly played to expectations. Yeah,
2: no, um, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of, a lot of Bruce Devich this year, and I wouldn't necessarily say I've been souring on him, but I'm definitely not as high on him as I was maybe earlier in the year. And you actually just touched on a point on one of, the, you know, one of the better parts of his game is he's got great edges and ability to kind of pivot out of tougher situations. And he's kind of a great first pass guy. And then and then that's it. So he, he gets the puck up and he does that well. Um, and he's got pretty good lateral mobility too, I would say, um, which, which pairs with with agility um, but I just I don't really see him as that guy um, that a is carrying a pair I feel like he's always going to be a guy that needs somebody with him um, to you know kind of put it all together in Kitchener I know he's spent a lot of time playing with Tomas Hamara um, he's helped him out a lot um, Hamara's a great smooth skating defenseman um, covers a lot of Bruce Devich's mistakes um, and, and honestly, on draft day, Bruce Stevich is probably someone that goes late 2nd, early 3rd. Um, and, and I don't really see pay, playing, you know, top top pairing minutes uh, at the next level.
1: I really nothing to add, but I would like to shift the conversation to my favorite player, uh, Bo from this, uh, from this game.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm about to get on my soap. I think Bo might be one of the most underrated, uh, CHL defensemen that uh i mean i know matthew mania is kind of catching some steam right now but boacky i when we get to rankings call in a couple weeks like this is a be a uh, this would be a kid i'm definitely going to be pounding the table for um i thought he's like great as of late in the ohl i mean he's looked good all year but um i thought that uh the chl prospects game was just it kind of showcased his strengths really well um in terms of like he is just he is just a transition monster um, he is so good at de- uh, making deceptive uh, fakes and moving his hips, getting sticks out of the way, completing passes. Um, gosh, offensive zone entries. He just feeds forwards throughout the neutral zone. Um, he doesn't really activate as much as I'd like to see in, in the offensive zone. I mean, when he did, he kind of stepped in the middle ice to hit the crossbar cr- crossbar in the CHL prospects game. But, um, you know, you, you saw a little bit of the defensive warts there. He kind of like... Tried to surf someone in the middle of the ice and just opened up a a pathway to a breakaway uh, at, at some point during the game. But like for the most part, he he controls gaps really well. He's a he's a plus skater. Um, but I think his offensive upside is just immense, and uh, his to be able, his deceptiveness and his his mobility, his vision. Um, I really just think his shot, even. But it, it's really just getting a little bit more aggressive could really turn him into uh, take him from like a. A second, third round type of prospect, and and really make him into a kind like a, a middle of the first type of, of defenseman.
0: Um, I so I want to ask you guys, what was your biggest surprise from the CHL top prospects game?
2: Um, I I'd probably go with Matthew Catford to be honest. I mean, I know um, Austin touched on him a little bit um, and kind of some of the deficiencies maybe, but watching him, um, I thought he made himself available a ton um, in open ice. He got rewarded for that on the score sheet and without the puck, I honestly thought he did a really good job just, you know, drawing defenders to him, um, which opened up lanes for his teammates. I noticed a lot of times him kind of creating opportunities for his linemates. mates. Um, throughout the game. And that was all solely based on his movement without the puck. So I was impressed by that. Um, and, and granted, I haven't watched a ton of the queue and watched a ton of Catafort's
1: game, but that kind of stood out to me. Um, Positive wise, I'd say Colson Petrie. I thought uh, when he's, he played with Benson and Bedard to start the game, I thought he, he filled that role really well. I know my kind of moved into that role at the end of the first, but then when Petrie moved and uh, got a, like a bigger transition role, got got the puck more with skill. I thought he was able to kind of go off of a passenger to be actually a puck transporter. I thought he showed a lot of physicality, a lot of skill with that physicality. Uh, I thought he was really smart in terms of how he used space. I mean, his chip and chase game was really good. He was able to carry the puck through. He he was able to make great passes. Um, and honestly, it's not that he does that, doesn't do that in the OHL. It was just, I was really surprising to see his versatility uh, kind of unfold display throughout the game. Um, I guess the question, the, the player I left with the biggest question marks was Luca Cagnoni. Um, I, I just I I love Cagnoni's upside, and then there's just so many there's so many moments during the game I question whether or not I should see that upside, or if should I be I should be a lot more conserv uh, conservative with him. Um, I, I that he was the player in terms of like surprise that I, I didn't fall in love with him more it was he was kind of that player where I really thought I was gonna like his game a lot more after that game. And I kind of came away with like uh, a little bit more question marks than I thought I would.
0: Um, I'm trying to think for biggest surprise for me. It's tough. Um, yeah, I just said it's tough to my own question. Um. I feel like biggest surprise would have to be Hunter for me. Um, you know, I you know, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't know how he would respond to, you know, tougher competition especially from like DWHL. Um, you know, and so um, you know, and you know, and so I was definitely um, you know, and you know, and that, you know, and that definitely got me by surprise, but you know, and uh yeah. And I got, and I got to say Colson Petri. I mean, yeah, he was, I mean, you know, he was just well engaged, uh, you know, very quick to to lose pucks and, you know, and quite good on D4 check. Um, you know, and, you know, and as you were saying, I mean, he, I mean, he did very, very well on that, uh, Benson and Bedard line.
1: And I, I will add to, general. um. To Ben's point, I I do think the for the most part the QMJHL kids played well, and I I think that was a surprise yes. to me, um because I know I've watched a lot of the Q this year and I and I it's been hard to really gauge where those kids would be. So like mm-hmm. um like Tyler Peddle, Cataford, Moran, and specifically I thought they kind of showed uh like that they'll be ranked by us. And I, I'll be honest, before that game, Moran was the only one I had for sure pet like penciled in. In our top 64 and the other two kind of have worked their way into the conversation uh seeing them get to play against the top chl players
0: see and i also like um uh yeah i'm blanking on his name right now uh jordan turgney i mean he i mean like he's not overly assertive defensively but like he but like he he definitely moves the puck well you know and you nailed it with Moran as uh, as well. I haven't I mean um I haven't watched Catterford in a in a while and so I, I definitely want to go back and watch more. So yeah, I mean I yeah, I mean I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised with the uh with the DQ MGHL crop.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault, uh you go first josh
0: um so i i mean so I was gonna ask um you know so like I know that Carson rakoff um you know was named uh the most valuable prospect um you know but looking you know but looking back at um you know at both you know at both teams, if you had to pick um you know if you had to pick an mvp for both I mean for I mean for, for both teams um who uh who would you guys be going with
2: um just based on the landscape of the way you know mvps work and those sorts of games production is kind of king um so if we're following those metrics i'm still taking Rakeoff for team white um and then for team red um you know Riley Height was deserving. He's the one that actually got an MVP. Um, but I might take I might take Zach Benson. I thought I thought, you know, he he carried play super well. Uh, he even got one at the end there. Um, but just just the way one of the most impressive things I think from from Benson's game that I was looking for going in was I was wondering how he was gonna you know, play with Bedard, how he was going to feed off of it, whether he was, you know, kind of going to defer to Bedard because Bedard's the king of this class. Um, but but I didn't see that. I saw a guy who just stuck to his game and played it, and it was super effective alongside Bedard, um, and I thought he had a lot of great looks. So I'll go Rakoff and Benson.
0: But Ben, who would be, so aside from Rakoff, who would be like an honorable mention for you?
2: Um, I'd give an honorable mention probably to Colby Barlow. Um, just, just in that, in that same kind of vein, um, I thought, you know, he played, he played a great game. Um, if I'm picking my MVP based on, you know, who I thought played the best, taking points aside, um, I'd probably look at Mullendijk. Um, I, I thought he played great. Uh, he activated well, tons of rush opportunities, um, all things that Austin kind of hit on already, um. So I'd say Dyke in terms of playstyle.
1: Cool. Um, so if I can't choose Sachin and Molot Molendijk, uh I'd probably go I don't know, I'd probably go Luca Pinelli on white. And uh gosh. I, I, I don't want to steal it. Zach Benson was one of my favorites. I when he got hit twice, like just leveled, and then was in the offensive zone on a four check making turnovers, like how do you not love that kid? Um, you know, I, I would say my, my dark horse for red would have been Denver Barkey. I thought he was the glue on that, uh, 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 height Barkey and, and Sauchin line. But, um, honestly, I thought it should be Sauchin or Benson, but I, I think Denver Barkey for, for the last person added for the CHL prospect game. I thought he played an outstanding game. You know, um, I was talking to, uh, I think it was Sam. McGilligan, and I was just saying, like, I, you know who he is. He, he's Gavin Brindley Light. Like, he doesn't have the skill, but like, he's got the motor. He's going to be all over the place. He knows where the puck needs to go. Um, and there's just something admirable about the way he plays the game that I, that I just fall in love with. Um, but I would say, uh, I kind of agree with Ben. I'd go with Benson if if it wasn't Sachin and Molendyke, or, uh, I like Luca Pinelli. I thought Pinelli played a fantastic game. I know he's been kind of like, riding a wave to use Ben's phrase uh in Ottawa the last couple weeks um so to see him hit that high in the CHL prospects game was uh was a nice thing to see
0: um and if I would have to go with MVPs so um so yeah so um yeah so uh, yeah so for me I would go similar to what Austin just said so I would go with Luca Pinelli. um you know, I, you know, I thought Luca Pinelli was great. I mean, he, like, his distribution was great. And he, and, uh, and he had a pretty top shelf, uh, far side blocker side goal in the, uh, third period. It was just great. Um, uh, so, um, so yeah, so he would, so he would have been my honorable mention. Um, then for Team Red, um, yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, you know, you guys definitely hit the nail on the head with Zach Benson, uh, and Grayson Sauchin, um, if I had to go with someone who, if I, I, I mean, I'm trying to, I can't really play devil's advocate here. I kind of have to go with Zach Benson. Like, he was, like, I mean, like, I mean, like, you, I mean, like, you just saw how dominant Zach Benson can be with, you know, and if he's, you know, and if he's paired with someone like Connor Bedard, oh boy, like, that's, like, that's must see TV.
1: You know, I would say, um, I give a shout out to Caleb Richie. I thought he played outstanding too. I, I think Richie's kind of been coming on a little bit as of late. I thought he played great, but, uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, injuries for the CHL prospect game, uh, players who didn't get to play. Um, we have a rankings call coming up in the next couple weeks, and I have the WHL scout over there. So I'm going to pitch something that I have been just wrestling in my mind for the last month and a half, um, and we didn't get to see him play. Um, I am struggling mightily with Benson and Crystal in terms of who I would rank higher. Um, I, I thought it was a shame we didn't get to see Andrew Crystal, Crystal in this uh, in this prospect game, I thought it would have been a great kind of comparison to see the two and, and how they operate with some of the best players. But uh, he has a lower body injury. Uh, ben, how are you kind of filtering through as we have like a couple of weeks left before with this Crystal Benson kind of debate going on at SMART?
2: Man, well, I've been back and forth for a really long time on both of them. I mean, um, all of us at SMART love both those players, myself included. Um The way I kind of dumb it down is projection wise, I think I think at the next level, um, they both have the opportunity to be. Producers, Um, I think crystal probably has the edge in terms of. You know, like a point ceiling, so to speak, if we want to call it that at the next level, I think crystal has the ability to score more points in the NHL than Benson. But when you. When you look at, you know, like a contending team and you look at the vital pieces that you need in a cup run and throughout the year. I really think that's Zach Benson that that's a guy that's going to be hard on pucks the whole year. He's never going to quit. He's an outstanding playmaker. He seemingly can feed off anyone on his line and make the line run. Um, I just think Benson has so many more attributes to his game, even defensively too. I mean, Crystal can can get a little lost in his own end sometimes. Whereas I see Benson a lot more engaged, um, heavy on pucks, looking to transition into offense. Um, so, so I'm leading Benson slightly. Um, it's not by a big margin at all. In fact, I have them um, four or five in my rankings, Benson being four. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I just think Benson's game is, is a, a bit more complete and a bit more pro- complete and projectable uh, um, from that standpoint.
1: Ben, I appreciate you answering my questions. <laughs> um yeah, I mean,
0: you guys yeah, I mean, Ben, you just hit the nail on the head there. Uh yeah, I yeah, I yeah, I mean, like right now I have Benson at 4 and um and Andrew Crystal at 5 and um yeah, I just yeah, I feel like I feel like Zach Benson is, like, I mean, like, when you're comparing the two, Zach Benson feels like the more safe pick. I mean, like, like I yeah. feel like with, like, with Andrew Crystal, like, the, you know, like, there's still more development that needs to happen from a interior standpoint. And I, you know, and so, you know, and so I, I don't think it's long before – you plug Zach Benson into a NHL lineup, but I think with Andrew, it's a little bit longer.
1: So, the biggest thing I would say, like, as I go through this, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think Benson plays the type of game I I appreciate more in terms of, like, my own preferences. I think it's a preference pick. I, I'm the same boat as Ben right now. It's 4-5 for me. It's probably the same as you uh Josh though you have a better feel on the Europeans <laughs> than I do so you might have slipped someone oh, in Oh yeah. There
0: I, mean, sure I, now, I mean for me it's 4-5
1: um but I think the the hardest part for me when I come and I compare these two is just the uh, just the playmaking of Crystal. it's just like just his tracking stats are ridiculous. Like he's he's attempted more than thirty passes more than Cristal has. His he's doubled his high danger passes. His transition rates about five percentage points higher for overall offensive transition. Like he's just an offensive just dynamo. To Ben's point, um, like in my report that I've written, I it's like when the camera pans to the defensive zone, you find four Kelowna rockets in Uh, Andrew Cristal is not even in the frame because he's just hanging around the blue line. Um, So in terms of defensive work rate and defensive, like, Zach Benson has him, like, eons in terms of engagement and stuff like that right now. But from an offensive standpoint, like, that kid – I mean, look, if he had just a little bit more speed, I think he'd be, like, a surefire kind of pick. But I, I, his – he, what he can do with his hands and, and his vision is just uh absurd. But I do agree with both of you. I both I have Benson ahead, and it's just because I just see a more projectable player for a 200 foot game right now than swinging for the fences for Crystal. So, yeah, I will
2: add that we got robbed of a Benson Bedard Crystal line.
1: I was gonna yeah, say that that, that would have been ridiculous. outrageous. <laughs> How did they stack team red like that? Shots were like 47 31, and they still lost. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> we might have some sort of Brooklyn Nets
1: situation. Like we do, only play with one puck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they told Bedard he wasn't allowed to shoot as much. That was the most facilitating I've seen Bedard do all year. Like so many he's times, I was throwing in and shooting. He's just like, let me pass it. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like this would be like a shot nine times out of ten. Uh, yeah, and he still ended up with six shots. <laughs> I know and his I mean the thing about Bedard is he tries things no one else will try. Like even in that game where I was just like he kind of seems like he's facilitating, he's showing a little bit of a physical edge, like his puck skill and the moves he was making were still absurd. So it's Yeah. He is he really is that good.
0: Um, I got a fun uh non uh prospect question for you guys. Super Bowl is coming up. Who uh who are you guys going with? Uh Philadelphia or Kansas City? And
2: why fly, the Eagles fly. I'm home with the <laughs> Eagles. I'm hoping for a the tie. Philadelphia
0: Eagles? I mean that's the that's the Philadelphian way to say it, right?
2: Uh that would be correct. With a couple Eagles. other words mixed in there, but maybe not appropriate <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I went to I went to college in Pennsylvania, so it's like the entire state's divided by Steelers and the Eagles fans. So hearing the Fly Eagles Fly chant at bars at two o'clock in the morning, it got really old for four years for me. <laughs> the same point is like I, I will never forget thirteen seconds as a Bills fan. So I don't know how I root for Mahomes. Um, I think uh, I'll root for I'll go for Philly for the simple fact that uh, I, I like Jalen Hurts, but uh, I. I the Philly fans in my life. I'm not going to enjoy when they win a Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm also going with Philadelphia. Um, food wise, I think I'd probably lean Kansas city, but, uh, cause I, cause I had never been to Kansas city, but I've heard the Kansas city barbecues are really, really good. And, uh, I'm not a huge Philly cheesesteak guy. Um, I like, I enjoy it, but it's not, you know, like I think I appreciate bar- barbecue more. Um, but, uh, I, but I have Jalen hurts in one of my, well, in my dynasty fantasy football league. So I, so I have to go with Jalen and, uh, love Devonta Smith, um, but, but it should be a great game. I, um, I I can't, I I can't wait. I would have, I mean, look, I mean, I would have been happy. Um, like i mean I would have been happy and content if the the Bengals made it, but you know but I, I think you know but i think that this is going to be you know a great like a great great game i mean hurts and you know patrick are you know very very good at like improvision provision and uh backyard football. And, um <laughs> yeah uh yeah i i'm gonna be adding an n f l uh draft component uh to uh to smart scouting at some point nope just kidding um uh, uh but
2: yeah it's I, a good uh, business plan
0: yeah. what it's <laughs> a good business plan <laughs> well thank you guys for coming on the podcast and uh and uh we look forward to uh recording another episode of smart talk soon
1: yeah, if that soon, then we have the draft rankings where I'll see you too. Where I hope you're ready to put your dukes up for how high I'm going to try and put Oliver Moore. Um, but uh, other than that, y'all, I'm seeing y'all. Josh, thanks for putting this together.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. First one was was awesome. Looking forward to more. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, guys.